Oh yeah, we're back. Welcome to your Monster Energy Motocross season preview videos brought to you by Monster Energy, also Maxis, Maxima. Got some new Ray toys back here and fly racing as well, just like we do in Supercross and in this Pro Motocross Championship every year for Racer X. I'm Jason Wygant. We have Jason Thomas, former racer in the series and former factory mechanic and current internet rabble rouser, Steve Mathis with us as well. As we talk about the Pro Motocross Championship, this is our 450 show. We'll be back with a 250 episode right after this. But the 450 class, gentlemen, look, this has changed massively in the last month from an epic, super deep, so many guys can win title fight to a much more, Steve, can I use the term focused championship fight between a few last men standing from Supercross? Yeah, man, this is going to be a real interesting series. We have two guys that we know are going to be strong and going to be great. We got a past champion that's right there. And then I don't know each after that. Uh, after the three guys, uh, Jason Anderson is going to join early in the series. Justin Barsha may be at Paula, but he won't be 100%. Cooper Webb's going to join later on. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a weird series, a different series, and, and not one that we thought we'd saw like a month ago, like you said. Yeah, so the two proven riders coming in are the two riders that just came off of Monster Energy Supercross titles, Chase Sexton in the 450 class. And, of course, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe for the title last year. And Jet Lawrence who's the 250 West champ and two-time 250 motocross champ going to the 450 class for the first time as a full-time rider starting this summer. And then, of course, Dylan Ferrandis, who we've seen very little of over the last two years, but was dominant in winning this title in 2021, JT. So really, to me, that's the landscape. It's those three. What do you think? It's hard to argue against that. Um, you know, if you'd asked me a month ago, I could make a case for several guys yeah. going into this championship, but it's been... Uh, yeah, there's, we've lost a lot of guys, including people like Jason Anderson, who had a breakout year, I felt, in Pro Motocross last year. Justin Barsha was having a career year. Uh, so it's been a tough go. Um, but we, So I think we should be very thankful that, one, Fernandez is coming back, and two, we have one of the most exciting riders in the la of the last generation, and Jet Lawrence moving to this class as well. Yeah, and the big story is, of course, Eli Tomac, the defending champ, was not planning on coming back when he was done in motocross last year after winning the title in a great battle with Sexton, that was going to be the end of his motocross career. He decided to renew race, not just supercross, but also motocross. But now the strangest injury that will reference forever, the ruptured Achilles while leading the supercross championship and the race over a routine step over table. And we will not see Eli Tomac this summer. Uh, Steve, there was so much anticipation of a rematch between chase and Eli and then inserting Jet into that, and, and Ferrandis as well. Is it kind of a bummer if we never get to see the Jet Lawrence, Eli Tomac, or Tomac on a Yamaha against Ferrandis on a Yamaha battle? We might never get this. Yeah, it is going to be a shame if we don't, right? I know Jet was looking forward to it, and we were too. Now, having talked to some guys like Dave Janolfi, who tore his Achilles, you know, originally we were all thinking, like, stick and ball stuff, or like there's Eli's going to hang it up. There's a chance he's ready for 2020. Uh, for Supercross mm -hmm. and maybe 2024 Nationals thereby, and maybe we we get ourselves a battle. Yep. I still would put odds against it, but it's, the odds aren't as slim today as they were when Eli did that. So maybe we get it, Weege. But, you know, it's interesting. I was just kind of looking at the last year's standings, and eight out of the top ten in 450 motocross will not be either 100% or start the opener. So eight out of the top ten, either not there or not ready to go at the opener, uh, in Paula. And so, yeah, that that's a tough blow to the series, man. But you know what? Um, Dylan Ferrandis is going to make it exciting, I hope. 
And we know those top two guys. I mean, look, Sexton and Tomac were pushing each other so hard and they were so much better than everybody else by the end of the season. But we all think Jet can get to that level, right? Yeah, JT, that's the anticipated battle. I know that Ferrandis is good, but the drama everyone wants are the two Honda teammates. That's what the battle that everyone, I think, is anticipating at this point with Tomac out. Yeah, and I, I would have questioned Jet's first year jumping up into this 450 class, how that was going to go, because the bar was set so high last summer. But I felt like those that was put to, to rest at the Motocross of Nations. When you saw Jet go out on that stage against those guys that were – they were peak form, right? They were they went out and won the Motocross Nations for the first time in, I don't know, 11 years or 12 years or whatever it had been. Um, so I, I think he made a statement there. And I was kind of joking, you know, it's Jet or uh, Chase is like had to be so happy about, you know, maybe Tomac missing this series. And like, of course, he wanted to beat him straight up and all that. But there had to be some sort of relief there until someone reminded, oh, yeah, well, you, you just have to deal with your teammate over here, Jet Lawrence. So don't worry. Don't forget about that. Um, but yes, I, I do think this is setting up perfectly. And I think we also have, I don't know how to phrase it, but they're both really young, right? Where before it was this, you know, older statesman of the series, Eli Tomac versus the new guy, Chase Sexton. And I think they were so respectful each other be, to each other because of that. Like Eli wasn't worried about his legacy because he knew like, eh, I could walk away and I'm a multi-time champ. Who cares? And Sexton's like, well, he's not going to be around forever. I'm not that worried about him. Plus, I respect everything he's ever done. I think that dynamic is much different between Chase and Jet. Doesn't mean that they're not going to ride respectfully towards each other. Of course, they are teammates. But they have to be looking at each other as, okay, one of us is going to probably have all these championships. And the other guy maybe doesn't. And this is going to be the first opportunity to set the stage for all of these years to come. Because everybody looking from the outside is going, those two look like they are the future. Those two right there. And we could see championships pass between them for the next five to ten years, a la Ryan Dungey and Ryan Villapoto. So it's uh, it's exciting to see the kind of the first salvo and see how that goes. And, you know, both of them are on equal equipment, so it's going to be a pretty fair fight. We'll worry about 2024 Supercross and 2024 Pro Motocross when it gets there. But we have a, uh, an 11-round fight on our hands that's about to kick off. Yeah, and that's can I just, why... Can I just... Ahead, sorry. Yeah, can I, let me, let yep. me just update this. Sorry. I just went further back. Oh. 15 out of the top 20 in points. No. Either will not be on the line at Paula or will wow. not be either anywhere near 100%. 15 out of the top 20 from 2022. So we got ourselves some big change over here. Uh, just interesting interesting fact. You sure Dungy and Corolli are not coming back? We're not getting Corolli and Dungy back? Well, yeah, not sure. Not 100% sure. You never Did know. Did we know they were um, racing at this time last year, even a week out? <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to see some big turnover, big change. Now, obviously, Ferrandis was 24th in points and you know didn't make the top 20 cutoff that I just made. But um, Dylan Ferrandis, to me, is the real wild card here, guys. Yeah. Um, six. This will be his sixth series as a 450 rider since jumping up. He's only stayed healthy for one. And in that one, he won the 450 outdoor title. Um, can he do it again? Can he get to that level? Can he bring it? I mean, the odds say he's going to get hurt. He's literally only finished one series. Um, so maybe you got to think about him not being able to finish this one. But mm. that's the wild card to me. When he jumped into the series last year, he was very fast. He looked great. But then guess what? He got hurt. He couldn't even finish the second half of the year. So um, 
Can he run that speed? I think he can. Can he stay injury-free? I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's why, JT, that's the point you made. There's so much talk about Sexton versus Jet because even if Ferrandis is in there this summer, there's this massive generational shift. Ferrandis and a ton of other guys that we've already mentioned, the ones that are out right now, are all in that late 20s, early 30s age. They're going deeper into ages than they've ever gone before, but it has to end eventually for these guys, for Anderson, for Barsha, for Malcolm Stewart, for Christian Craig, for Tomac, all these guys that are about 30 years old. And then suddenly there's nothing left except the 23-year-old Sexton. What is Jet? 20? 19? 19. 19, right? So you're just looking at for age, you know, three years down the line, four years down the line. Those are the two guys. And let's not forget the added drama that they're pitted out of the same truck. And we believe they won't be coming next year where the Lawrence brothers seem to be the future at Honda and Sexton wanted to go another direction. So that already points to how well are they going to be able to mesh under the same truck? And I'll throw another question, Matt, this I'll go to you first. And then I'll ask you this, JT. Obviously Sexton has more 450 experience. He went to the wall last year with Tomac in the series, but he said he has not tested for outdoors at all because he was focused on supercross. That, whoa, 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 whoa. Been, oh, here we go. We debunked, we debunked this. You debunked Steve. this. We debunked this, Steve. Jump in here, but Go this ahead. was a, a pivotal turning point of Monday night's show. Go That's ahead. That's why we're here. Debunked just, Sexton, we haven't tested. Just another example of Wygant being fake news, not <laughs> understanding what is going on. Uh, we had Chase Sexton on the Pulpamex show, and I brought that question up because we do sometimes see people who are focused in the 450, 450, 450 Supercross title not jump on outdoors. It's not a, it's not a, um, an un, un, unusual thing, but chase on the show said, Oh no, I've been riding some outdoors. Uh, we, we tested some setups. I went with last year's stuff. We're going to try to get better of course, as always, but no, I have ridden outdoors. Uh, I've wrote, I wrote some outdoors to take, uh, sort of the stress off of supercross. So yeah, Weege. Hmm, that's great. You have the same exact source. I do. Uh, it started with Sexton saying, I haven't tested. I've just ridden. And the testing starts Tuesday. Uh, after Supercross, which was uh, yesterday for us when we we're completing this show. And then Shane Drew, the crew chief, said, we have not tested at all outdoors with Chase. We have not tested at all. That's what he said at Salt Lake City. So we have these same sources. Apparently, the difference between riding outdoors and testing outdoors is giving us different answers. Well, interesting. I, I will jump in and say that both of these could possibly be true because their motorcycle didn't change, right? So yeah. he's going in with settings that he left last summer with that he's probably very happy with and he yep. could have just been riding as he said doing motos on the setup that he's very likely to race with and then they could go in this week starting yesterday let's say and do some testing no problem see where we're at see if we have anything we like better but when you're when your motorcycle hasn't changed and you are phenomenal all summer long usually don't want to steer or veer too far away from that so maybe we're getting shades of gray I was just under the impression from talking to you that he had just been riding Supercross day after day after day, and I'll worry about motocross when it gets here. To me, the fact that he's been practicing, he's going to be fine. Like, that's what I was worried about. Is like, if you haven't been riding motocross at all, there is going to be uh, an, a, a learn, I don't want to say a learning curve, but it's going to take some time to transition over. Like, he's not going to be his best self right away. Yeah. But as he said on the show, if he's been riding since April – 
he should be fine. And I, to me, when you have the same motorcycle, the testing is almost irrelevant. You just make sure nothing's off. Maybe you have a couple new parts to try, and then you go racing. Yeah, let's let's just leave it with Weege not getting the correct <laughs> facts. We'll we'll just leave it at that. So he said he's been riding, not testing. I said he hasn't been testing. I didn't say he hasn't been riding. <laughs> as for his teammate, as for Jet Lawrence, there's been a ton of testing, which is necessary because he doesn't have a 450 from last year. Is there any chance, JT, even though Jet is the newcomer to the 450s, that he's actually more prepared in a way coming into this championship than Sexton? Because obviously Jet was not sweating this 250 Supercross title and he only raced half as many weekends. Is there a chance he's more ready at round one, even though he's the rookie? It's an interesting question, um, but I think when you factor in how good both of these two have been at this particular racetrack, they've both been amazing at Fox Raceway. And, you know, Chase has been on this platform for a, a lot of racing now. He's ridden it through two Supercross seasons, an outdoor season. So I think he should be pretty dialed in. Um, and also keep in mind that Jet wanted to ride the 450 even earlier, but that uh, postponed Oakland round derailed some of the 450 plans they had in place. So I think it's a little bit of a wash. Chase has so much 450 experience. Even with Jet maybe starting a little bit earlier, it's really hard to negate how much more 450 experience than that Chase has versus Jet. So um, I think we're, we're truly going to see a battle of the Titans at the opener. Uh, I know Ferrandis is going to be good. I just wonder at that particular racetrack, with the, when you look at the track records of those two at this particular racetrack, good luck to anybody staying near them. Uh, even Ferrandis, I'm not sure how that's going to go. Yeah, just at Palo. At any other track, look out. Dylan Ferrandez can yeah. run with anyone. Remember, Tomac and Sexton, they were there in 2021, and he dominated. He wrapped up the title early. I know that was the Cowie Tomac, who was kind of weird at that point, and Sexton was younger in his development. I get all that, but Ferrandez is a bad dude. Who else do you even bring up? Thanks to our sponsor, uh, New Ray Toys. I can illustrate how many dudes are out. Are you guys ready? Let's see. I got it. Eli Tomac, number three toy. Not going to see that for a while. Oh, this guy. Hey, Aaron Plessinger. He's in. Aaron Plessinger's in. All right, thanks. So Aaron Plessinger, I totally forgot that he missed most of Supercross last year with an arm injury. He told me at Salt Lake City he wasn't even close to ready for the outdoor opener last year. Even though he had a little injury at the end of Supercross this year, he feels a lot better than he did a year ago at this time. And the bike obviously needed that one year of development. It got it. So, Mathis, what AP do we see? Can we see some surprises and be like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got another contender here. Well, just simply looking at the the competition, right? Like Anderson won't be there. Barsha, I don't think Barsha's going to be there. I know the t TLD guys are hoping. Yeah. I mean, why can't he be a top five guy to start the series? He's feeling healthier than he did last year, right? He's really good at Ironman. So the final round <laughs> okay. of this year, he's he's going to be really good. We know that. It's all the, the others in between. But, I mean, I think AP will just be what he is. He's consistent. He's a five to ten guy. With the guys out right now, he can jump up, jump up into that fourth and fifth spot uh, easily. I, I, when you look at this field, it is not deep uh, starting the season. Uh, we're going to get some guys back, but to start, I mean, AP could end up with the podium if he gets the right breaks at Paula. I really yep. believe that. Where are you with AP, JT? Yeah, I think uh, more than anything, it's the field. Um, I don't expect him to have any sort of you know outlier type race. I don't think it's going to be a defining moment for him and anything like that. I just think when you look at the field, he's a much better rider than a lot of the people that are going to also be there. And then most of the guys that would, you would slot in front of him aren't going to be there. Roxon, Tomac, but just look at the guys we've lost in the last month. Webb, I mean, just go down the list. It's, it's an incredible list of heavy hitters that aren't going to be there. 
Yeah, and I got then, a bunch right know, here. Look, uh, Anderson. Right. No? Yep. Uh, let's see what else <laughs> I got here. Uh, Malcolm Stewart. No, thanks to New Ray Toys for all this. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Roxon. Richard Craig. You got a Richard Roxon, Craig No. That's an old RCA Suzuki, but close enough. Uh, also, do, also shout out, no Alex Martin this year. No Alex Martin either. Sport has changed. And uh, Cooper Webb. But uh, one interesting thing, one interesting thing, because of this super motocross playoffs that are coming up, there should be more incentive for dudes to at least try to scratch out three or four rounds for points. JT, you think that might change things a little bit where at least dudes come back when they could have written off the whole season? Yeah, maybe maybe you get some uh, some one-off rounds here and there, and they're looking at the points and, and strategically jumping in and out. Um, it, it's such a new wrinkle. It's hard to say how people are going to respond. I don't mean in and out. I mean, that. like, if you're reasonably healed and you're at 80% on August 1st, oh, coming come back, back and race the last four where ordinarily you wouldn't. Yeah, I think so. If yeah. For nothing else, just as a warm-up for SMX. Uh, yeah. We have to rem- remember there's $5 million up for grabs <laughs> over the course of three races. Right. Yeah. So even if you don't, you're not in a championship contention or anything like $5 million will bring people out of the woodworks. Yes. That we're maybe looking at taking some more time off. So, um, but yes, I, and specifically to your, to your AP question, I'm kind of looking at the results from last year. I don't see many people that are going to finish in front of them. And then the guys that are racing aren't necessarily hundred percent either. Like an Adam Cerullo. it's not like he's been on fire lately. He's still fighting this arm thing. AP beat him soundly at the final round of the year in Salt Lake City. So if you told me that he got fourth at the opener, even though he's not even 100%, I would be like, okay, I, I can see that. I, I, don't, I don't know where to place him right now. It, I think we're going to all be looking at the live timing on Saturday morning in Southern California going, whoa, it's not very deep here. Um, so, um, yeah, and in, in, in the spirit of that, I think a lot of guys have an opportunity to get a lot of points early. Okay, so other guys coming back, uh, maybe Webb. We expect maybe Anderson and Barsha. They could slot ahead of AP. What do you think about the Webb conundrum here, JT? Do you think we will see him? I personally don't. Um, I could be wrong. Of course, he rode a lot of motocross last summer when I was kind of like, it, it was curious to me how much motocross was practicing all summer. Uh, but, but I think between the expected team change, I, I think he's leaving Red Bull KTM. And then you look at, the rumors of him maybe going and racing some other races throughout the summer. I just don't think it's the perfect backdrop to get the testing required, show up and go race pro motocross. So we'll see. He would be a great addition. I hope it happens. Uh, but I'll say unlikely. I'll say unlikely. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to lean the other way. I think he had some plans. I don't know if they're going to work out. And in the meantime, he can run out the string with his current contract, get paid, race those SMX rounds, get paid even more. And I know an impending team switch makes it seem like, well, why would he come back? But we literally just saw Chase Sexton in the exact same position win the Supercross title for a team he's probably not coming back to. So we've seen this play out many times. Cooper's situation is different, but I at first would think no chance, but now I'm starting to lean the other way. Uh, I disagree with you, Mathis. I don't, I don't feel that Barsha Anderson are so superior to Plessinger outdoors that if they come back off injury, that they're going to quickly slot ahead of them. In fact, I don't know if they'll slot in ahead of them the whole time. Uh, so I would not go there. And I feel like Plessinger, if you're, let's say you're just behind Ferrandez, Sexton, and Lawrence, podiums and wins can easily happen with just the right break here and there. So I'm higher on AP's chances, I think, than, than maybe some others. Here we go. Um, Steve, might be time yep. here 
might be time here to start making some predictions. So uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna pick title guys. We'll get into some other detailed dudes. Uh, Cincerolo, we have to mention him just real quick on his situation. Did you hear from him that his arm problem might not be quite as bad? Might not be quite as bad outdoors because of whoops. Is that what you had said? I'll get into that in a second, but just an update. Uh, Barsha beat AP in 16 out of 24 motos last year. Obviously, he had that disqualification that kind of hurt him. But, uh, yeah, anyways, moving on. Uh, yeah, AC, uh, definitely that arm issue is still uh, something going on. He did get some stem cell treatments for it uh, in Kansas after um, the second last Supercross after Denver. And we'll see if that happens. But, yes, he has told me that whoops are the big factor. Uh, those are the things that hurt him and uh, it goes numb after a while. So outdoors are better for him. I propositioned him that maybe like Michael Essie, he's just an outdoor guy. <laughs> wasn't really, wasn't really having that. Okay. Didn't want to hear that, but you know, I mean, seriously, look at his four for the outdoors. I mean, they've been solid, right? He obviously finished the runner up to uh, Zacco there. And then yep. uh, the year the Ferrandis won, he was up front at times. And you know, like I think we'll see a better AC because of the arm and I do think there's something about maybe being a little more comfy outdoors. He doesn't want to hear it, but check the record book, AC. We're going to find out real quick. It's unfortunate for him that it always looks like in Supercross it's a fitness thing because the last half of the race is never good. But we're going to find out, is it literally just whoops, make the arm feel bad, and then remove that, and the fitness is not a problem? He tells me that he's maybe as fit as he's ever been. Maybe you're right. Yeah, top 20 or 2020. Feels like a long time ago, but he was going toe-to-toe for this title in all the motos outdoors against Osborne. Maybe we shouldn't See be that, sleeping on Adam quite as much. See that jersey right over my shoulder? That was the jersey he was wearing when he was checking out at Loretta Lynn's. And then he crashed. And then he crashed. Yeah. But it, that is the jersey. It's got the mud on it and everything. So he's got done the, it. got the Loretta soil on there. Okay. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll make title picks in a moment. Let's just run down some others. So Ken Roxon, as mentioned, not in. Uh, but his team is still there, correct, Steve? There will be a 450 Suzuki team out there. Well, first of all, before we get too far into it, thank you to Maxima, Dogger yep. Rules, national champion. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's SC1, whether it's an MPPL, they have this sea otter. They put beer in an SC1 can, and I have a can here. Uh, great company, great guys. Pulp 20 yeah, is the code to save at Maxima, okay. MaximaUSA.com. I okay. uh, love those guys, and uh, great stuff, obviously. My uh, uh, yes. favorite product right here, chain cleaner. This chain cleaner, you don't have to wash your bike. You just spray this chain cleaner on your chain, and it's like a pressure washer in a can. So it really helps with the bike maintenance. So shout out, did, Maximo, my favorite product. Did they give you that after that photo you sent of your kid's chain? Believe it or not, I have not been given any of this. I went to my local shop and bought Maximo with my own wow. money. Mini bike dad. Mini bike dad. Okay. Uh, but I do want right. to uh, shout out. I got mini bike tires from the folks at Maxis. Here is my Maxis when the rubber meets the road segment. I feel like it's got to be Dylan Ferrandis right now. There's no one else in this field. I think that it was in a make or break situation for their career. I don't think Sexton or Lawrence have to worry about their future. Uh, seeing Cerullo, it's going to be physical or not. He can either do it or not. Uh, I think Ferrandis wants to reprove that he's as good as anyone in the world outdoors on a 450. So I think that's the critical juncture. Ferrandis, I don't think he's going to be happy if he does anything but win this title. So that's my Maxis rubber meets the road. Hold hey, on. JT. Go Wait, ahead. hold on. I was going to talk about Hep. I wanted to talk about Hep. All right. Go ahead. Give me your Suzuki okay. guys. Who's on the team? Kenny's gone. Racing World Supercross. Hopefully yeah. his knee's all right. But that team is still racing the, the uh, motocross series, which is awesome. They are going to have maybe the most underrated rider this summer. 
under that tent. This gentleman was a factory Honda rider uh, at times and ran top fives. And he is from Sweden and he is an outdoor warrior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fred Norin has picked up a HEP twisted T ride and going to be on the outdoor, on the um, outdoor team for them as well, as well as Marshall Welton. Welton had a tough supercross season, but he is a better outdoor guy and 450 should suit him. But Freddie Norin, everybody, if you are looking for a Pulp MX fantasy sleeper, if you want to bet your buddies, uh that freddie will be top 10 at paula whatever kind of bet you want to make freddie is a sleeper uh let's do this fred all right so there it is there will be the twisted t suzuki team at the races with marshall welton and noren on 450s and some 250 riders as well uh jt fly racing 25th anniversary of the fly racing line that's a pretty cool deal we'll talk a little more about some fly racing riders in our 250 show i know hopes are high for example with rj hampshire You'll have the rookie coming on board for his first full season in Chance Hymas with Team Honda. But 25th anniversary, that's a pretty big deal for you guys, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long time coming, right? Obviously, 25 years is a long run we've had. And uh, we've had to do a lot of reflecting over the last few months. We're uh, going to be putting out a kind of a 25th anniversary documentary of the beginnings and how it's touched different people's lives and their perspectives on the course of the brand and and where it started and where, where hopefully we're headed to. So that's, that's been fun. And it's given me a chance to learn things, um, kind of think about, uh, I'm so wrapped up and intertwined in the daily things that go on to take more of a big picture macro look at the brand. Uh, but it's been really fun and, and it's something I'm very, very proud of. Um, of course we have our, our 2023 line, our 2024 line is in staging right now, which will come out this August. Uh, but it's it's been really awesome um, from we've gotten to talk to so many people that have since, you know, retired and departed the company and all these things. But we've got to bring all of them back into the fold, talk about their experiences. And I, I didn't know how much more about the brand I could learn. And I've learned a lot. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been truly, truly something cool. All right, I have a question. Here. Which yeah. which fly racing rider could score points right now in motocross? Bradshaw? Brock Sellards? Neither of those Pike? two. Weston Pike? N no, or, none of those or three. Or you. Or you. No, I definitely can't. <laughs> I definitely okay. can't. All right. Uh, best checking. shot at it? Best shot at it would probably be Weston, but I don't know where he is at with his eye. That worries me a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just checking. Can yeah, I, I would, I would, would like to see tough. Bradshaw try. I can give you that. I'll see Bradshaw yeah. try. Go ahead, yep. Steve. Uh, Oh, hold on. Okay, so when do we do our title picks? I know this is a loose program. When do we do that? It's coming soon. I, 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 I was trying to get there. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Who wins motos this year? Ferrandis? Yes. Lawrence? Yes. Sexton? Yes. I think all three of us can agree on that. Even JT and I can come together on those three winning motos this summer. Just don't do bring up Elon. That's all we do. We we'll see, be good. Just don't bring up Elon. Do we see any other moto winners? Like, obviously, Anderson and Barsha are going to race and they're going to be healthier. And they're going to be ahead of AP, apparently. Yeah. And they'll be ahead of AP. Like, what other riders win motos this summer? Yeah. I'm going Plessinger. I'm going Plessinger. You give the right track, the right circumstance. Wow. He's fine. Okay. Yes. Dude, last year was a disaster for the KTM team. A disaster for the KTM team. Be much better this year. I will say. We only get those three. I, I think will we go, only get those three. Ooh. 
I will go Adam Cien, Cirillo, and Justin Barsha. Wow. wow. You're going to go five. Five. Yeah, 24 I, motos, five yeah, wins. Sure. Uh, no, yeah. 22. But I, I'll go uh, – Yeah, 22. I'll go those, those three because I think when you look at where Sexton, the guy he's morphed into, he's going to win a lot. I think we know that. And then you look at Jet, like his track record of consistency, he's not a guy that throws races away. Like he's kind of always there at the front. And I think when you add in the great start, a grid, grid, great, whatever, however you want to phrase it, start, that really adds a level of consistency to the start. So I think you're going to see those guys at the front all the time, like all summer, because there's not different dirt and different things and, and all these things. So they're going to get great jumps and great starts all year. And, and like, are they both going to crash? Is, and then Ferrandis is going to crash on top of that. I don't think anybody's going to come up and just pass those guys and go faster. So you're going to need some sort of outlier event. And maybe if we get a full mutter, I lose that prediction. But outside of that, I just don't see it. I think those guys are, they're in too good of a place and they are head and shoulders better than everybody else. Those two specifically and then Ferrandis is the wild card. Like maybe Ferrandis catches fire and is the best of all three of them. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but JT, we saw Kenny win a moto last year. We saw Anderson win a moto, right? But, but those guys, but just, right? But those guys aren't in a good place. It's more my point, right? No, no. You give I'm me not, a. I'm, no, I, I, know. I know that, but I, I'm just saying we we get the you know we get the weirdo stuff. This isn't RC I, going twenty four to twenty four. But I to me, I understand. I understand your point. It's a good one. But I'm looking more situationally. Like Anderson's not healthy. Barsha's not healthy. AP's not healthy. Like the the guys that we could see make a move and get the win are nowhere close. And the best guys, especially yeah. the top two, are a hundred percent. We're racing in August. They got time. We're, we're good. But let, it, let the record just, show. It, let the record show. JT said good point for me. Let the record. But it show. is right. Twenty fifth anniversary. It, are, it took that long. <laughs> We do race into August, but they're they're going to have so much ground to make up on guys that I would say are better to start with than them, and they're going to have to play catch up all summer. So I maybe you're right. Maybe I, I'm just saying I don't think it's going to happen for X Y Z reasons. We'll see what all happens. Right. What about you, Each? Where are you at with Moto winners? Dudes Ace that come AP? back mid season. Dudes that come back mid season. It usually doesn't go very well uh, unless they're back real early. I know Barsha. They're thinking could be back. Barsha and Anderson are coming back real early. They are, but they can't even ride right now. Like they're they are falling behind day after day after day. Okay. And I, I think yeah. it's going to be longer than you do. I don't think Barsha is going to come back from broken ribs and all all sorts of broken things and just pop in there and be good to go within a few weeks. I, I don't see that personally, but we'll see. I know he's going to try. That's why we're, why we're it. sitting on AP winning motos. That's why we're sitting on this number. This number seven right here. So we we you have four four moto winners. Weech JTS three. Do I have to name them or could I say, I believe there will be five and I believe four of them will be AP, Sexton, Lawrence, and Ferrandis. And let me just keep one open. Can I just Yeah, that, that's open? perfect. Then nobody's parents will get upset. Perfect. I just think, like you said, there will be some strange scenario where someone steals a moto, yeah. but it's so hard to know who it's going to be because we don't even know how no. many dudes are going to make it back in race. But you could just pick four. It's you easy. Just pick four of them. It's easy. It's no, we'll be Cirillo and Justin Barsha. That's, it's easy. Yeah. AP, baby. All right. Is it time for title picks? Because we definitely got the argument stirring here. So it's a good time for that. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to prevent the parents from arguing because I don't even know who Dylan Ferrandez's parents are. So I could be equal opportunity here. 
If I pick Dylan Ferrandis to win the title, it allows me to not even weigh in on the Sexton versus Lawrence thing. So go do you, Dylan Ferrandis. Here we go right here. I got the new Ray toys, the number 14. Let's make it rain like it's 2021 again. Dylan Ferrandis, your 450 motocross champ. It's going to shock the world against Lawrence and Sexton. That's my pick. You cannot be serious. I just said it. <laughs> JT, honestly, he cannot. Like this On is, the this Monster is, Energy, this Yamaha is, Star Racing, bike of the year, some would say. Bike of the year, some, some would say. say. Some would say this, bike of the year. Some would okay. say it's a guy who dominated in 2021. All right. Okay. So, also, and no, I don't have to have Kier Sexton or Dazzy Lawrence mad because I didn't pick either kid over each other. And I don't know Fernandez's parents, so I'm good there. All right. Also, can we touch on how many motos does our buddy Phil, Phil Nicoletti complete in the top 10 when he comes back? Is he coming back? Yes, he's coming back. Okay. He's on bike of the year, Yamaha in the 450 yep. class. Yep. This is a devastating wrist injury. I know he started riding essentially two weeks before outdoors began. What is he saying? Red ish he might return? Yeah. Red Bud, yep. So what, 11, what does the top 10 look like by then? Who's 11, that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we got 11 motos for our buddy Phil. Let's go five top 10s for him. I was going five also. That's interesting. Yep. All right, fine. Motos. I'll go six motos. so I can win, okay, the, so I win the bet. Weege, so Weege, honestly. So now we need your title pick. That was it right there. He raised, he raised a, a lot of these Ferenis guys in 21. He won, he won with a moto it, to spare. It's don't you not, think, you, don't, you don't think Ferrandis is a fair pick? It's No, I don't. I don't. I think it's, well, pandering. Really? it's pandering to Yamaha. It's pandering to Monster. It's pandering to really? uh, okay. Dylan and his parents and his, his wife. And, and yeah, I mean, he won the series two years ago. Like, I don't think it's outlandish Sexton was there. Tomac was there. He won by an entire moto. He wrapped the title up early against them. He's, How is one, he's one season away from that dominance. Like, it's not it's not a crazy pick. Okay, I look forward to your title pick, JT. Go ahead. I don't – I truly don't know. I, oh, I know that – How you like that one, Steve? <laughs> no, I know. I know. Like, <laughs> like, I wish I had a Magic 8-Ball because I have no idea – I don't think it's going to be Ferrandez, okay? I'll rule those two out. I'll rule, I'll rule him out. It's going to be between Jet and Chase. And I have gone back and forth ever since we decided to do these videos about who between these two was going to win. The, the, only, the only way I think Chase loses is if he beats himself. Jet is going to be really solid and really consistent, and he's going to put a ton of pressure on Chase to be mistake-free. But I think Chase is going to have motos where he's just gone. Like, he is just so fast that he no one beats him. So that's, that's where it comes down to, to me. Can Chase avoid the big mistake where he gives Jet points that he can't claw back? And I, I, I know it's awful. I, this is not good video radio prediction. I just don't know how it goes. But I will say it's going to be between one of those two. And I hope we're rolling into Iron Man at the last round going, who's going to win this thing? Because I could totally see it going that way. I just, I, I just don't have a strong opinion. And, and I, I apologize for it, but I don't have one. I just want to smash my computer right now. Why? I just just okay. I got one I guy. Know, there's no there's no like hard case you can make where you're like of you're course. wrong. It's gonna he, be he's about guy. to. Here we go. Here no. we go. Make the hard case how you can draw the line between Sexton and Lawrence. Ferrandis not even in the con in the in the conversation. It's just I mean we're this isn't binding in a court of law, guys. And, I want to be right. I want to be right. That's all. 
Wow. Look, uh, Ferrandez cannot stay healthy. Five out of six series. He just can't do it. So he's got to show me uh, that he can stay healthy again. I do think he can definitely run top three and win some motos. But can he stay healthy? That's the question. Contract year for him as well. So it's a big thing. Look, uh, I'll go just like I went Tomac over Sexton last year. I'll always go with the guy that's done it before versus especially the rookie. JT's point about Jet not throwing it away and being consistent is absolutely correct. However, history has also shown whether it's uh, Eli Tomac or whether it's Chase Sexton when they first jump into 450s or or really almost anybody outside of Ricky Carmichael is there are mistakes made in your rookie 450 year. Uh, so Jet will make some mistakes and Chase will uh, take the title. He will be there. He's, he, he was as good as it came last year. And uh, I, so I, I would give Chase, Chase Sexton the uh, the championship and the Sexton ship will continue to sail on all across America and the outdoors. I hate to say that you did pick Sexton to win the Supercross title on these videos, but you did. <laughs> you did. I did, but it did take a momentous injury at the second to last round to get it done. So, you know, I look like a genius, but it's not like that was really planned. I, I cannot believe you admitted the facts behind that behind that correct prediction. I cannot believe, I don't know what's happening. JT nearly agreed with you and you had a chance to stomp on everybody and you stepped away from the stomping. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm trying to stay classy. Oh yeah, known for that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so thanks to our sponsors. That is uh, Maxis. Hey, they got a new tire they developed, huh? All year. Brand new tire. Uh, A-Ray's been running it in Supercross and uh, they did a debut at uh, Paris Raceway yesterday. The King was there, Axel Hodges, A-Ray, all of that. Yeah, new tire from the folks at Maxis. They're very excited about it. Do we want to talk about Alex Ray, who is racing outdoors? Do you want to talk about him outdoors at all? JT is so negative on our buddy A-Ray. It, it, it's I'm not. It's disappointing. You just kept shaking your head saying, this isn't going to end well. This isn't going to end well. It usually doesn't. It usually that doesn't. doesn't mean I'm negative. That doesn't mean I'm negative. I'm just realistic. It's not going to end well. doesn't mean he's negative. Okay, got it. It doesn't. No, I, that's, that is – the in this typical field, end result of a race racing. In He's this just saying field, it's facts. In this field, our buddy could go like 15-15. But hold on. Hold on a second. A-Ray hasn't been practicing. He is not healthy. He is older than he's ever been. And you just think it's magically going to go really well? Like, I, I don't think that's a fair assessment to say, yeah, he'll just go 15-15. I didn't say it, Paula, but just at some point. Um, let's hope he also comes back and our buddy Phil comes back and then A-Ray beats Phil in a moto because I'm here for that also. Oh, that would be wild. That would be here for that combo. All right, that's our show. Thanks to Maxis. Thanks to Maxima. Thanks to New Ray Toys. Uh, Fly Racing. Yep. And Monster Energy, our title sponsor, as always, they're the presenting sponsor of the Pro Motocross Championship this year. Watch it all on Peacock. It's literally that simple. Watch it all on Peacock. They've picked two men out of the three that are on this video to be a part of the television production. Myself and Jason Thomas will be at all the races. I'll be joined by Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the booth all summer long. Uh, JT, you got one of these number one plates from Supercross for all our great... great I do. I, oh, I, oh. I do. It's, it's oh. at the office. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm currently working on some sort of shrine for it. Steve, mm -hmm. do you have one of those? Enjoy the money, guys, that you take to sell out. I hope you maybe buy maybe buy a swimming pool and we just case they'll put it in the bank. Whatever it takes, guys, I'll be the true lone voice of independent media calling it like it is.
Okay. Either way you want it, true independent voice or people like us who are trained, paid professionals get to watch it all on Peacock. Or if you're outside the U.S., it's called the Super Motocross Video Pass. Get it. Watch it every weekend. One o'clock, of course, local times on Saturday and practice shows from 10 to 11 local time every Saturday as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Monster and New Ray and Maxis and Maxima and Fly Racing. And we'll be back with a 250 show next. Welcome to your 250 episode of your Pro Motocross 2023 Championship. It is Jason Wygant, Racer X, and Steve Mathis of Pulpum X, former factory mechanic and Fly Racing Zone. Jason Thomas, JT, and I will be part of the television crew for Pro Motocross this summer on Peacock. Or if you're outside the U.S., the Pro Motocross and Super Motocross video pass. Steve, are you part of the television broadcast? Are you a paid professional broadcaster or do you just pay yourself? Um, let me look in my email. Uh, nope, I don't seem to be on the team. Yeah, no invites. Oh, oh, that's unfortunate. Meanwhile, a lot of the series sponsors, a lot of the big people involved like the way JT and I do business. Monster Energy is our title sponsor for this show. Also want to thank uh, New Ray Toys. I've got the not only Eli Tomac number three bike, but the Motocross of Nations edition bike behind me as well. Get it at uh, New Ray Toys, uh, Dylan Ferrandez bike. Your 450 National Motocross Champion again coming up at the end of this season. That's my prediction. But today we're going to talk 250s. Also, shout out to Fly, Maxis, and Maxima as our sponsors. Our 450 show, gentlemen, was all about the riders who got hurt in Monster Energy Supercross in the 450 <laughs> class. A little bit better in the 250s. We have everyone we expected to see and more because Justin Cooper is coming back off the sidelines and into competition. But I know that the line begins with Hunter Lawrence. Uh, it's an odd situation. I feel like Hunter is considered an overwhelming favorite because he was so dominant in Supercross. But do you actually, when you really start thinking about it, feel that it is Hunter's title to win or lose, or is it fairly wide open? I'll flip a coin. JT, where are we with the 250s? Yeah, I, I do think Hunter is the, is the favorite. Uh, if we were in Las Vegas and there were odds on this, um, I don't know about overwhelming, but yeah. he would be the significant favorite uh, just because – I think there are question marks around Justin Cooper. He's going to be good. My opinion, he's going to be really good. You look at the uh, dedicated effort he's made to prepare. Like He's been in the trenches riding outdoors for months now because he left Supercross to do so. So that gives him a little bit of a leg up. Uh, and then you look at, okay, who else could possibly challenge Kitchens and Hampshires and these guys who have never – but they've never really been in the championship fight late. So – I think you look at how strong Hunter was last year and this year. Yeah, I, I would think he's a favorite. But Justin Cooper has to be a, a strong number two um, if you were gonna gonna back up that bet. All right, Steve. Yeah, what do you think? Is it like a wide open? Let's see what happens, or is it like, oh, this is Hunter's to win or lose? Yeah, you know what? I mean, look, Hunter Lawrence is twenty four years old. He's older than Chase Sexton, right? He's getting into his prime. He's gonna be. He won the championship this year. You know, better than ever. I don't see how I agree with JT. I think Hunter Lawrence is the betting favorite. I don't like the fact that Cooper has been gone this long from racing. Uh, he had a really good 450 Supercross season when he showed up. I know the team was like, hey, putting all their eggs into outdoors and let's do it. But I think racing week to week and having that confidence that that Hunter has is going to be a leg up on Cooper's prep of just riding 250s in my mind. But I would put Justin Cooper slightly below Hunter Lawrence for this championship and then Maybe slightly below Justin Cooper, I'll put the RJ Hampshires and Joe Schmoda of the world, and maybe maybe our guy Jmart will talk talk a little bit about. But I think I don't know. There's no doubt. I live in Vegas. Uh, Hunter Lawrence or Justin Cooper would be the betting favorites for this title. JT, I asked a question in our 450 show about Sexton focusing on the 450 Supercross title 
where Jet didn't have as much pressure in Supercross, but Jet's a rookie. So who's more prepared for the opener? Justin Cooper said he wanted to not race the whole Supercross season to focus on testing and bike prep for motocross. Is there a chance he could benefit from this? And I want to remind you, sometimes we see at round one, a dude we didn't see in Supercross go nuts at the first motocross round. Yeah, I think he will benefit. But I'll, I would also say that Hunter has been fortunate that he had such a nice lead and easy run to his uh, East Coast Supercross Championship because it afforded him time to test and ride and prepare. Where if he had, think if he had gone down to the wire with someone, he wouldn't want to take his eye off the ball going into those final Supercross rounds where he just needs to be at his absolute best. He had this, you know, a 45 point lead with two rounds to go over Hayden Deegan. There really wasn't a lot of concern there. So you think back in April, he could be like, okay, we can start working in a day of pro motocross here because things look pretty solid. Even if I'm 1% off, I have that cushion and it's going to only put me, you know, further ahead in the game for pro motocross. You couple that with the fact that he gets to practice with, oh yeah, Jet Lawrence, the former champion, also on a 450 that's going to push him every day. You have to think every single day he goes practicing, he's getting beat up by Jet Lawrence on that 450 in the deep Florida sand. So uh, I like the way that sets up for him. It's it's probably six and one, half a dozen the other, which is the better preparation route. Racing, you have all these gate drops, you have this momentum, there's really no you know, rust factor. Or Justin Cooper, who's logged a million 35-minute motos, but he is going to be a little bit rusty. He hasn't raced in two or three months coming into the opener. Um, it'll be interesting to see which of those two is the smarter play when the gate drops in uh, in just about a week. Now, look, we do very little research for these shows, but Steve, I'll admit you were smart enough to say we better look at last year's points just so we know who to include in this show. And anyone else who was looking at the points from last year would immediately say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Joe Shimoda finished second in the championship behind Jet Lawrence last year. He actually outpointed Hunter by just a few marks last year in the series. And Shimoda got back in time for the end of Supercross. I don't think health is an issue. It was only a collarbone break, and he raced four Supercross rounds. So is Shimoda a genuine title contender, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I put him right in there, right? And I don't know why, but JT and I have a buddy of ours. He'll go nameless, but he just craps on Shimoda. Whenever we bring up, uh, he could win an outdoor title. I don't understand. Um, I, you know, we it's a saw real last year. Yeah, it's a real person. And okay. he got second in the points. He beat Hunter Lawrence. Like you, you, all the reasons that you just said. Now, I like Hunter to take a step up um, from last year. And it was really close between him and Joe. So it's not like Joe dominated him. But Joe Schmoda absolutely needs to be in this conversation um, for, for championship picks. I, I, again, I, I put him sort of tied with RJ Hampshire right below Justin Cooper. But um, but yeah, he needs to be talked about. He won motos last year. He was really, really fast, and he's ready to go. Yeah, JT, Shimoda right there at the top? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm a little bit more optimistic than uh, said friend we have uh, <laughs> speaking on Shimoda. Um, I think he is could be a dark horse here. No one is talking about Joe coming into the series. But again, as you mentioned, he bested Hunter in the series last year. And that was that was on top of Hunter's best efforts to end his season at Fox Raceway last year. He literally knocked Ooh. him down. Yes. So uh, I think Joe comes in with a little bit of quiet confidence. Uh, you know that Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki has been dedicating a lot of time and effort to him because he's really their only championship contender at this point, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think he is the betting favorite, but – 
I do think he wins motos in this series. And if, if you know, things go his way, Hunter makes a few mistakes, Justin Cooper, you know, remember Justin Cooper had an awful start to the series. He wasn't prepared at all. Uh, maybe he has a rough couple of rounds in there. He wasn't his best self last summer. We could be coming around on Joe, say, halfway. Um, so it's an interesting proposition and something that if we're leaving Paula going, how did we not think about Shimoda? Who, by the way, practices at this racetrack all the time. That's something we need to think about because Hunter Lawrence has moved to Florida. Justin Cooper has moved to Florida. These guys don't spend all of those hours at Paula, Fox Raceway, like they used to, where Joe Shimoda does. That could give him a distinct advantage at this first round. I'll tell you who I'm not as high on as some other people, though, is Tom Vial. He's an MX2 world champion, right? This is his first year in America. I believe that same person that craps on Shimoda pumps up Vial pretty hard. I'm not there. His first Supercross was his best one of the year. After that, we saw some adjustment. Obviously not a Supercross guy, but still uh, not as much time on the track. Uh, he's going to first time racing the Nationals. If you want to talk to me about 2024, Tom Vial winning races and winning a title, I'll, I'll give you that. But whether it's Rattray or Marvin or Kenny, the guys who come over aren't necessarily ready to pick up the tracks that quickly. They don't get a lot of time on it. He'll be good. He'll be solid. I just – I don't see Tom Vial beating the guys that I just said. Others do, so I could be wrong, but that's where I'm at on, on Tom Vial. Yeah, back in the day, you'd see the uh, riders that came over from the GPs. They were just, like, chomping at the bit and just waiting to get to the outdoor season, and they usually started house on fire. Uh, but, JT, you talk quite a bit about when the series switched from the two-day format, Saturday practice, Sunday racing, to the one-day format, and how little time there will be on this track. And I know you had said earlier in the year at Vial that's going to be a big factor. I think it will be, but I, I think it's something he can overcome. Uh, you think about this opening round, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to ride Fox Race with. It shouldn't be, and there should be no surprise for him. Not only is it open during the week, but there's also a media event there early in the week next week that he'll yeah, be able to Yeah, but what ride. about the other 10? I understand. I'm <laughs> just saying getting off on the right foot will help a ton. Um, I also think there's another factor to this. You know, Pro Motocross is switching to the grid great, you know, start, right? So it won't be dirt anymore. That's something he's been doing all of his career, right? You add in the fact that he will likely choose the scoop tire, which some of the pro motocross guys in America choose, some don't. Primarily in MXGP, they run it almost all the time. And him being able to utilize that tire on the great start and knowing exactly what to do, knowing the ECU RPM and the gearing and all those things, I think gives him a little bit of a bump. Couple that with, he's one of the best starters I've ever seen. I know Supercross, we didn't always see it, but you go back and watch MX2 races for the last five years and you will be amazed at how many times Tom Vial is at the front. So I think it sets up nicely for him to put himself in good position. Now, can he beat Hunter Lawrence? Can he beat Justin Cooper straight up, just purely based on speed? Well, we're going to find out, but I think he's going to be in good position more often than not. And that sets himself up in this class that let's face it, is not the deepest we've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I, my big question is, in Europe, the KTM group had dominated MX2 for the longest time. Yamaha finally busted through and started to become a contender the last couple of years. But I'm wondering how much is they have work spikes over there. Their 250 program here has never been dominant. Uh, they were close to winning this title at Marvin Muscan once and, and Roxon once, but that's about it. So if Vial can be the same starter on the production KTM that he was on the work spike, yeah, look out. I mean, seriously, he could hold shot uh 18 out of 22 motos that's kind of the type of pace he was on starting wise in europe well yep he, he's on rj's bike is rj's bike 
something special? Is RJ? It, I mean, it, RJ does, it seems okay. It's I mean, better it this year fun, than last but year, but it seems, it seems fine. He's happy with it. But RJ's been better, RJ but, whole shotted like all season. So to me, that's not necessarily a detraction. RJ had great starts all year this year. The KTM's in Europe were ridiculous in the 250 class. Of course. Uh, I feel like a level ahead from where they would be in America. So that's a big question mark. If he's if he's a regular VL from Europe, look out. Yeah, again, if you want to tell me 2024, time to win races in the championship, I'm there. Yeah. But I don't see it this this season. There's too I'm many events, too many, too many events. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. I don't, I'm not saying win. I just think we're going to see him at the front a lot. Where he goes from there, I'm, I'm open-minded with. I just think you're going to see the number 128 coming through the first corner in the top five. 90% of the time. That's that's my prediction. We'll think of some other contenders here. Obviously, you can tip your visor to Supercross to get a little indicator. Now, Max Anstey was very good at 250 Supercross East. He's not racing outdoors. He's a Supercross guy these days. He'll be in the FIM World Supercross, so Anstey's out. We'll get to uh, Hayden Deegan, who finished second in the East in a moment. We'll, we'll save Deegan so people have to keep watching this on YouTube, hungry for <laughs> Deegan content. I, I Yep. Why did you just bring up Max Anstey? Just randomly because, bring up Max Anstey. Because people that watch this video will say, why did they not bring up Anstey? Because they use these videos oh. to know who's racing what series, Steve. That's why. Okay. So now okay. they know why we're not mentioning Anstey as a contender, because he's not racing. So now they have that info. Okay, so if he was racing, he'd be a contender? Someone would say, I can't believe okay. Anstey was this good in Supercross, and they didn't even bring up his name. So okay. now you know why. That's what he these would be a top, do. He would be a top five guy, I think. No? Can we talk about our guy, J-Mart? Can we go there? So what I want to do first is let's talk about on the west side, second and third in points ended up being RJ Hampshire, Levi Kitchen. Let's get to them. Uh, RJ has been super, super, super positive at everything, the way it's gone outdoors coming into this year. He was super negative on his bike last year, but I must have talked to him five different times over the last couple of weeks about how pumped he is and how much better the bike is. Uh, RJ going to RJ, or is there a chance of a slightly more consistent RJ. He's going to RJ at times. But is this going to be a closer borderline title contender, RJ? He's never quite been there, I feel, before. What do you think, Steve? He was a lot better in Supercross this year. Yeah, I think we got to start any RJ talk with RJ didn't go RJ in Supercross outside of New York in the mud, right? Uh, great Supercross season, 1-1 one, one, and, and all of that. He wants to go on Motocross the Nations, he told me. That's a real big goal for his. He does feel like when there's been outdoor talk, no one's talking about him. But I, I'm of the show me state with RJ Hampshire. He's going to be good. He will win motos. He will have those days uh, where he's untouchable. Um, but I just, yeah, I think he's it, it, consistency is going to be an issue with him. So he needs to show me. But I mean, earlier, just in the start of the show, I put him right below Hunter and uh, – and Justin Cooper in that group. He's, he's, he's in that group with me. He'll be top five in the points. He'll win a race and all of that. But I don't know if he can be consistent. JT? I, I tend to agree with Steve on this. Uh, I think there will be days where we're like, man, this guy could – he could win the championship. But it's the other days that will be the reason why he doesn't. And uh, I think it's very easy to cheer for RJ. He's, he's likable. You know, the, the effort is never in question. If you just watch him ride, like, you can you can visually see how hard he's trying. Like, some riders you can't. You watch Jed, and you're like, is he really – is he trying here? J you know, RJ's all over the bike. He's making mistakes. He's jumping off the track and still winning the race. Um, so that makes him very entertaining and fun to cheer for. But I just wonder, are there, are there going to be days where he gives up 18 points to Hunter Lawrence? And, he, you know, and then there's a couple of days where he makes up four – 
but he can't claw back those tough days. Um, and, and I think that in the end is why he probably does end up third or fourth in points. He missed four motos last year, right, with injury. Um, can't do that. Um, but he's fun to watch, as JT said. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Star Racing finished second and third, actually, in the two Supercross series. You had Hayden Deegan, the rookie, finishing second, and Levi Kitchen, probably a little underrated, but he did end up getting third in the 250 West campaign. We'll get to Jer- Jeremy Martin in a moment. It's kind of a youth movement over there. J-Mart was on the team the last two years. He's on to the Muckoff FXR Club MX team. Uh, Justin Cooper is a veteran of the squad, but this is a team that always contends for this title in most normal years. It's going to be up to Kitchen and Deegan to start carrying that torch eventually for them. So let's talk a little bit about Deegan. Let's talk a little bit about Kitchen. First of all, I think Deegan people are super stoked on, A, YouTube fans, B, social media fans, but C, people thinking, oh, if he's this good as a rookie in Supercross, he'll be even better outdoors. I'm not quite there yet. I, I don't know if I see Deegan winning uh against this field outdoors remember it's twice as much talent when you bring east and west together he's a racer he's gritty he'll be more consistent than you think uh but i'm pumping the brakes a little bit on hayden deegan uh being a superstar at the moment i think he'll just be very good uh any of you guys see it either other way jt what do you see out of deegan i think he's gonna be great i just don't know if he's ready to win yet um yeah Having said that, I've been wrong every step of the way. Uh, when I watched him at Houston at the East Coast opener, I was literally counting down the seconds until he crashed out of every race he was in, and that never really came. You know, the, the closest I think we got to it was when he was winning the, the heat race in Atlanta, and he crashed out of that. Um, he's been remarkably uh, consistent, right? No crashes. All of the wild stuff we saw in Houston practice and heat rate, that really never came to fruition. So I'm saying he's not going to win, fully understanding that I've been wrong several times so far on Hayden Deegan, and I should probably give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I just think from watching him last summer, maybe there will be a, a little bit of a learning curve still to be had. Steve? Four, moto, four motos raced last year. Two of them crashed out. Two of them did really well. So, yeah, he's a rookie still in my eyes. Five to ten, a lot of races, some rookie mistakes. And uh, 2024, let's start talking about uh, Hayden Deegan winning races and get on the podium. But, yeah, just take his lumps first year, five to ten guy. And and it's all there, the the the, the heart yeah. and the training and the fitness and the desire is all there. Uh, but, yeah, let's just uh, pause and talk 2024 for Hayden Deegan. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And then uh, we'll get to Jay Martin in a second. But Levi Kitchen. Uh, remember that one moto last year in Colorado where he just wheeled away from even Jet Lawrence? Uh, you never know with Kitchen. The tools are all there. You know, the tools, like in the kitchen. He's got a spatula. He's got forks <laughs> and knives. He's got it all. Holy We're just waiting smokes. for the recipe to come together. At any moment, I think this could happen. I think you'd have a 1-1 one, one day at a Levi Kitchen. I would not be surprised at all. Would you be, Steve? Well, don't forget, too, he was leading Southwick, and he, he eventually got passed by one of the Lawrences, but got second. And then yeah. he crashed out of the next moto and was disappeared disappeared from the year so you know when you talk about the chef you talk about kitchen you talk about kitchen you talk about sc1 from maxima which uh you could, you could put on a frying pan thanks to the maxima usa guys for supporting this uh preview podcast whether it's yep. the sc1 whether it's contact cleaner mppl pulp 20 the code to save at maximausa.com uh ron machine is uh one of the owners there and he's the 1985 national motocross champion in the 125 class so maxima knows motocross uh yeah, I absolutely think this is the year for Kitchen to take that step. So last year was his uh, coronation to Moto Winner, and he had a good Supercross season, and I fully expect him to be uh, 
talk to Hayden Deegan, five to 10 guy, Levi Kitchen, one to five guy for a lot of times, right? Um, he'll have his ups and downs, but yeah, I think uh, in his last year at Star, he's going to uh, want to put himself on the map and win some motos. JT, yeah, I'm with Steve. I, I put Kitchen a, a little bit higher than Deegan just because he's got that one extra year of experience. And I've also, actually, I feel like I've seen more shocking top end speed out of Levi at times where Deegan's more just rock solid. What do you think of yep. the chef? Yeah, I mean, last year was the breakout, right? Um, he surprised me several times last last summer. This this Supercross season, I think there was a little bit of both. There were weekends where it was a little underwhelming, but then you look at Glendale, you look at his near miss at Denver, and then you look like his his qualifying sessions in the after, afternoon in Salt Lake were very, very impressive too. So I think he's trending the right direction at the right time as we enter pro motocross, I'm sure he's looking at the field going, well, there was this one guy that I couldn't really find an answer for. His name was Jet, and he's no longer there. Uh, so I don't know if he's necessarily going to be there each week, like it will take to be a, you know, a championship contender. But I think there will be motos, specifically motos, where he's just the best guy and he wins. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be two motos back-to-back where he gets the overall or how sporadic that will be, similar to last year. But I do think he is he is on the come up in this class right now. And at some point, he's going to be a championship contender. We think Hunter Lawrence leaves the class after this year. So things are going the right way for him. I just don't know when that breakout year is. Maybe it's this summer. Maybe it's next summer. But I do, I do believe it's coming. All right. Now, we, Steve. Can we talk about J-Mart? Can we talk uh, about J-Mart? So <laughs> on every show, I pick someone who, uh, for the Max's tire, where the rubber meets the road, you've got to get it done. You've got to prove that you're either ascending or staying where you are. It is a make or break. Where are you at in this structure? And that for me, no doubt, the rubber meets the road for Jeremy Martin. This is a risky move. He's on a non-factory team, a good team with uh, Club MX Yamaha, but Star Racing is a team he had done most of his winning with and has done most of the winning in this class. So that's it for me. Jeremy Martin is the one that I, I don't know what direction this is going to go, but I do know it's a critical season. So Steve, I know you want the floor in J-Mart. Have at it. Listen, J-Mart and I, had a rocky relationship started off not so good steve matthews and we we, we kind of crested we've gone up we've gone down you, you made fun of the dealership out. thing for years i did he didn't like that either like that um no but i don't i i just want to talk about jmar not because i think he's going to crush it or that he's going to suck or anything it's really fascinating to me though he's yes. very happy there he's been riding motocross for a while it is not a factory team now the club guys pushed their bikes off last year a lot. They will tell you in 2023, they have not pushed one bike off. So they are very happy with their motor program, very happy with all, everything that they've done. They feel they've stepped it up. J-Mart says he's happy and that, and that he wasn't happy with his old team. Two-time national champion. He told me he feels like he did at Geico. So whatever that means, he feels like he does, he did at Geico. Uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch him. I think he wins some motos. I don't I don't think he wins a championship. I think he wins motos. I think if it gets hot and grueling, 30 grueling 30-year-old J-Mart will show these kids what's up once in a while. And I think just for a private team to beat the factories, which he will here and there, is awesome. And I am here for it. You could tell me anything with J-Mart, and I'll be like, okay. Yeah, I, I, that's where it is. If J-Mart struggles, you're like, well, that can't possibly be. It's Jeremy Martin. He always wins motos outdoors, no matter what. 
But if Jmart wins motos, then you're like, oh my God, Club MX is just beating all the factory teams. That's crazy. So either answer should or shouldn't happen any way you slice it. I have nowhere to go with Jmart. That's why I'm saying rubber meets the road. Yep. I got to see it. Yep. JT, I think, I think, I think yeah. you're right to do the rubber meets the like. You're exactly right. Where yep. are we? Where are we with Jmart? <laughs> is it trending down or is he still good? J, JT, any vote on this? Well, I, I just think it comes down to can he stay upright? Uh, that's that's been the whole thing. Can he not crash? Uh, just coming off of the Salt Lake City Supercross, we were watching him in qualifying practice going, is anybody seeing J-Mart? Look how fast he's going. And then he's on the ground, right? And we don't even yeah. get to see the fruition of that. Yeah, but so, he, he, got, he, he, he didn't cause the crash. He got taken I understand. Yeah. But it's been, a, it's been a pattern with him where he's not, he's not putting series together. That, that's the problem, right? And I, I'm very big on J-Mart's capability. His riding ability, his fitness, his speed, all those things, I have no questions on. But for some reason, he hasn't been able to put a series together for several in a row. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know why that is. It's been various reasons, but that's been the pattern. So if you can tell me that he's going to be there for all 22 and nothing's going to go terribly wrong, then I think we see Moto wins. I think we see an overall win or two. I I truly believe that. But – I'm just in a place where I'm like, there's something going on in whatever the, the preparation, however you want to phrase it. He's not been that guy, the championship contender guy that you can count on week in and week out for a long time. So I'm just going to need to see that proven out. Yeah. Uh, the last time he raced outdoors, which was 2021, he was just as fast as Jet Lawrence and Justin Cooper who are battling for the title, but exactly, exactly. He was just as fast, if not faster, but he was beat up all year long from Supercross all the way to outdoors. Um, as for the rest of these 250 teams, man, it's hard to know, kind of like our 450 field in a lighter version, who's coming back and when. Monster Pro Circuit Kawasaki, been a disastrous year for them as far as injuries. They do have Shimoda back. Uh, they're pulling bodies out. I think they needed to get, they're going to have Roderick Francesco and Jet Reynolds racing. I think more so because they need bikes on the track than this is a sign that these dudes are ready to win. I'm not sure where they are with Reynolds. He even went back, did some amateur races this spring. He's been so hurt for so long. He's a former amateur phenom. We'll see what Jet Reynolds has. Uh, Ryder D, he'll race the full season. Seth Hamaker back at some point. Uh, uh, early. I think Hamaker comes back at, at high point. He, okay. he should be back early, yeah. So we'll see what we get out of uh, that team. Uh, over at Honda, JT, you said as uh, Hunter Lawrence will probably be out of this class for at least outdoors next year, if not Supercross also. Uh, now Chance Hymas will be the next guy for them. What gear does Chance Hymas wear that's celebrating a 25th? Fly racing, and I believe he'll be wearing fly racing kinetic mesh at nice. most of those rounds too. So super hot. If you ride in the summer, you should be wearing kinetic mesh and you'll see Chance Hymas debut. Well, not debuting. He and RJ Hampshire will be wearing different colors of that throughout the summer. Well, uh, Hymas only raced a couple of supercrosses, but I think it was underrated. Yeah. He was really good. He was like a five to seven ish guy as a rookie. Yep. He could do some damage. Yeah, and, and he's had the uh, the upside of staying out. Like, he hasn't raced since Daytona. He's been in the trenches just doing outdoor motos. With this series fully in mind, this was a conscious decision made by Honda, HRC, and Chance and his family to, okay, let's take a step back. We learned a lot from Supercross. We know where we need to be next season. But let's really focus on this pro motocross season and try to make a dent there. So. Uh, he he only raced uh, one round last year, which was the, the finale. He chased Hayden Deegan around quite a bit in that second moto. I think he learned a lot. Do I think he's going to be 
in the contention, you know, contention for podiums and wins, I don't. But I think being a solid top 10 guy is the step that he wants to see, Honda wants to see. And then similar to the, the, the things that Steve has been saying, 2024 is that year where maybe we have that breakout and, and start to go for podium. So I just think it's a, it's a progression. It do, you don't have to put the cart before the horse here and get your expectations too high because then you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. But see improvement, see progression, get good starts, run in the top 10. And, and I think that's, uh, that's a really solid step for him. I feel like we'll see him right around Hayden Deegan. So everything we just said about Hayden Deegan, five to 10, some moments, they followed each other at Paula. They're really close indoors. Yeah, I feel like that'll be what we're going to see, right? And that's great. Well, I think, I think everybody should be happy with that. And it'll be really interesting, too, because there is a little bit of a rivalry there. I don't know if it's spoken or unspoken. I don't think it's anything where they hate each other. But they, I know for Chance, he, he really wants to beat Hayden, Hayden, right? Hayden has such a spotlight on him. Everyone talks about him. There's a lot of hype. And Hayden performed. Lots of podiums, battling for wins. That's, I think, to me, and this is me speaking, Not I'm not speaking for him. I'm just, this is my opinion. I oh, think that's okay. the bar. We thought you were speaking for him. No, I'm no, sorry. no. I, I don't want it to, I don't want anyone to think that I heard Chance say this. This is my opinion. I think Chance is looking at Hayden like, that's the guy I need to beat, right? I don't care about what do these other guys do. If I'm beating Hayden, then I'm successful in this series. So we'll see. That That's just how yeah. I'm kind of viewing it. Uh, I also think Jalik Swole is a factory rider. He hasn't, you know, he missed Supercross, but he's a former national winner. I think we've got to see what Swole can do. Um, you know, he he's in the last year of his contract. And I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think we should talk about Jalik Swole, possibly, you know, uh, taking all the Supercross off and been riding moto and, and showing up and maybe being another five to 10 guy. And at this point, we Max Voland, I think he's a better outdoor guy than indoor guy. Yes. Uh, he got fifth. He got sixth overall last year in the points. Yeah. And, and he just remarkably, missed podiums yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I think Max Volan will be in that mix. Uh, we got to touch on that. Obviously supercross wasn't great, but supercross wasn't great last year. And he performed outdoors. Yeah. yeah. If, there, if there's anybody. Yeah, Good. I was going to say, if there's anybody with something to prove, it is that gentleman right there. I talked to Max RJ has talked so much about how much better his bike is because RJ was so outspoken about how not ready it was last year and I think there was a thought that KTM was also going to step up the 250 program just because they were bringing Vial over so honestly Volan becomes the beneficiary of all that right and he said oh yeah bikes much faster than last year already and over the next two weeks between Supercross and Motocross we got a lot of new things we're going to try it's going to get even better I mean, if Max Volan gets on a podium here, I think it's going to surprise people, but it probably shouldn't because he's been so close in the past. Just want to mention a couple other guys. So you got Jordan Smith racing outdoors for the first time in a long time. He's actually healthy after Supercross, took some lumps, but he's okay. Not sure when we'll get Styles Robertson back. Uh, you said Hamaker for Pro Circuit will be back fairly quick. Otherwise, I feel like it's just a lot of injuries and waiting to see where guys fit in in this class. But uh, I think we know I, I where think, we're looking uh, at the top. Oh. Uh, I think Mumphy's going to fill in for Pro Circuit for a little while, so JJ needs that bro. opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Um. So Mumphy, and I, honestly, I think they'll keep him on, and then someone else will get hurt, and they just keep him on, right? I think that that's how these things are going to go. So let's Might touch on happen. that. Yep. And then, um, uh, yeah, Styles will be out for a little while, from what I understand. Pierce Brown should be back fairly soon. Uh, yep. We got the Braswell kid filling in early in Troy Lee. Uh, he's an amateur, you know, uh, Horizon Award winner. So there's a little bit of interest in that as well. And then don't forget about that Spanish kid, Ferris. Uh, he's riding for star. So, you know, he's going to be well. Oh, yeah. I think, he show I think he showed some potential last year at times. 
So he's going to be another wild card, uh, Gilliam Ferris. Yep. Uh, McAdoo's still out for a bit, right? The shoulder yeah, problem? I, I don't yep. think he comes back at all. Yep. Oh, wow. That's terrible. And yep. uh, one other name, this guy, if we were doing this show in January of this year, Michael Moseman would be right at the top line. I don't know what has happened, what has gone wrong. Supercross was a disaster. We heard that the team, I don't think, has that much faith in him. I think he's back for round one. He had said he was focusing on outdoor prep and not coming back after a crash. I think at Daytona. Michael Moseman was rolling away with motos last year. Now unbelievable how fast he was. Unbelievable how fast yes. he was last year. I, unbelievable I mean, how was... fast he's fallen off the charts too. Yeah, it, it, there were times last season when I know I said it and I obviously thought it. He was the fastest guy in this class, and that's yep. crazy when you look at Jet and Hunter and the guys yep. that are in this. But he was pulling away from them. He was, and we sit here a year later and I, I don't even know if he's racing anymore. Like you say, he's showing up at the opener. I've heard he's been debating racing at all. So uh, I hope he does. Yeah. He brings a lot to the series. He is a unique individual, no yeah. other way to put that. Uh, and he would add some, some serious depth to the very top of this field. If he comes back. Wild. Um, also, card. yep. Sorry. Also uh, we didn't touch on, and we probably should. There's some light buzz about this gentleman going on. Dropped a bunch of weight. Didn't race this class last year. Garrett Marchbanks jumping down, back down to 250s. He was in the 450s last year. Jay Mart's teammate over there at the Muckoff Club team. Uh, Marchbanks at one point, two years ago, was fourth in the points for the first uh, four rounds. Yeah, after high then, point or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Then it kind of yep. went south for him. But yeah. Marchbanks apparently light buzz about how well he's riding. And he's lost 15 pounds. And uh, so, yeah, Garrett Marchbanks should be somebody that we should talk about for a top 10. All right, good call there, uh, Marchbanks. There's so many riders. You never know who's going to jump out in the 250 class. We're going to get to some predictions here in a moment, but I do want to thank our sponsors, Monster Energy, always coming in, backing our shows as title sponsor and the presenting sponsor of the Pro Motocross Championship. Again, you can watch everything on Peacock, every single Moto Live. That's 1 o'clock local time for Moto Ones all the way through the rest of the day. JT, I don't even know if you know this, but there's going to be a half-hour break between the Motos of the majority of the rounds oh. this year. Yes, really? I know that. Oh, yeah. breaking news. Uh, because Peacock's giving us extra time at the races, and we'll also have an hour long practice coverage show starting at 10 o'clock local time every Saturday. Also, shout out to our other sponsors. We've got New Ray Toys back here, Maxima, Maxis, and Fly Racing. So, Steve, you're saying before we get the title, let's make it a little more intriguing and pick riders who we think can win motos. So, who do you think can win motos, Steve? Uh, before we get into that, I'm just gonna look here in my email. Mm. Uh, Mm. No, it doesn't look like I'm going to be involved in the TV broadcast this year. <laughs> Still no? Um, maybe next keep year. Hit and refresh between now and, yeah, and Palace well, Saturday. You know, if they, I'm a true independent voice, one of the only ones left, Weege. Uh, all right, Moto, Moto wins. Yeah, look, look, I think that that's a little more interesting, a little more exciting to talk about than championship guy, right? Uh, we, we know Hunter. We know Justin Cooper. We know yep. RJ. And we know Schmoda. I mean, obviously, we don't know no, but we know. Those four. Uh, Kitchen, five. Jmart, six. Uh, what do we got? Am I missing somebody there? Vial? I don't think so, but I'll go six. Like in the 450 class, do I have to pick or can I just pick a number? Do I have to say who or can I just go with a number? What are your rules? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What are your rules for this? Because six is and a also, nice number. You know, I actually need said on your darn, your dumb Moto 60 show before Supercross. Only five guys are going to win in Supercross. That means someone's not. And I said, if I have to pick one, 
just out of thin air, I'll just say Jason Anderson doesn't win a Supercross this year. And I ended really? up being right. So this sport is wow. weird and it is fickle. You never yeah. know. JT, what do you think? I think I think six is probably the right number. Um, I do think there's an outside chance we get one of the rookie guys to have like a breakout moto. Like if you told me that Hayden Deegan got the whole shot and just, you know, rode whites out and won one, that would not shock me. Um, I think six is probably the right number, but I, I do think there's a chance for something like that to happen. Also, somebody like Volan could win. Volan could absolutely win a moto. We, we're not thinking about him. He's had an awful Supercross campaign, but he's a guy that in this class, you give him a whole shot, like he's gotten that Fox Raceway before, it's not out of the realm of possibility. We don't have, to me, we don't have guys in this class that no matter what, you knew, you know Tomac's coming, right? You know Sexton's coming. You know Jet's coming. To me, Hunter is that guy that's probably going to always be there. But I think there are going to be opportunities in here for somebody to sneak in a win. In the 450 class, you know the Ferrandis danger zone is coming. You're getting into the danger zone. <laughs> Highway, the danger zone. We, I, looks like I we had agree. seven, it happens seven more moto than two winners. Mm-hmm. Seven moto winners last year. Okay. So, yep. So, six um, is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve. You know you're going to probably see, unless somebody gets hurt right before Powell, you're going to see Cooper and Lawrence shimoda certainly rj certainly you would think this would not surprise anybody to see them win motos can we get to seven i think the jmar thing is a really big question that is so odd if he wins it'll be both shocking and not shocking at the same time that's a factor i think kitchen can do it volan and vial and uh yeah hayden deegan uh watch out world if that happens people are going to be stoked uh title winners title winners i'm going to go with easy money here i'm just going to go with uh, hunter lawrence i just feel like things are pointing that direction Justin Cooper has every single reason to believe he could do it. I don't think anyone should doubt that it's possible. I just feel like Hunter is such a complete package at this point. He's been very consistent for a pretty long time now. And that's ultimately the factor. I mean, Justin Cooper had Jet Lawrence, his back up against the wall for this championship two years ago, but he did end up getting dinged up just enough. Then he got hurt last year. So that's what gives me a little bit of pause. Can he stay off the ground completely? It's been a long time since we've had seen Hunter have any major problems. Steve, what do you think for title? Yeah, it's the Lawrence's year. You can't stop it. You can't. Uh, yeah, there's nothing we can do. We're powerless to stop stop the Lawrence uh, ball from rolling. Yeah, I think he beats Justin Cooper in a narrow title chase. And uh, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I look for RJ Hampshire and Justin Cooper. Look. RJ wants his Team USA spot like no other. Cooper's a wow. veteran already, right? Wow, yeah. That could get interesting down the line between those two guys, but I like the Australian kid to take it. Cooper really likes being on Team USA. Did you get that sense ever, Steve? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, I did. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, JT, like what do you Steve's think? Already, Steve's already firing up Team USA controversy, and it's we're in May. Mm-hmm. We're in May, and he's firing up controversy. Uh, I do think this is Hunter's championship to lose. Justin Cooper could easily come out and change my mind at the opener. Um, we His opener last year was just awful. I don't expect that. He put himself, uh, I believe he was 32 points down going into the second round last year. It was pretty much already over. Um, so he needs to avoid any sort of big, horrible opening round, which he will, right? That was injury-induced. We know that. Uh, but I just think you look at Hunter's season, you look at how consistent his starts were. And that's one factor, too, is because Justin Cooper, over the course of his career, he has gained such an advantage at each round because he's such a proficient starter. He puts himself at the front, and it's like, okay, chase me down. But I'm still going to be top three, top five most of the motos because of that start. 
Hunter's done a great job of fixing whatever the start situation was. And you watch, he, he was at the front every single round of the Supercross series, which is going to really change, I think, the dynamic. He's not going to allow Justin Cooper to get that advantage on the first lap, first lap like he's enjoyed for most of his career. So I think it's, it's Hunter's to lose. And if he, if he ran away with it, it wouldn't shock me. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but it would not shock me. I just think it's his year to really make the statement. Yeah, Hunter said last year, losing that second in points, he says the starts went away, it sucked, and he spent the whole offseason working on starts, and there's no doubt they got better. I think he really got to credit Honda also for closing that gap from where the bike was compared to Star. Is there a chance, Steve, that we are looking at going into the SMX playoffs that Honda has won every title at that point? Is there a chance we get to Ironman and we're like, Honda has won everything so far this year? It's 1985 all over again, right? 1986 yeah. all over again for the for ride red guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there is a real good chance, and um, it'll be interesting to see. So Jet's going to ride a 450 at the SMX races. We assume. Yeah, right? he's not Do going back. Okay, he's not right. going back. I assumed. All right. So the, yeah, so yeah, that'll leave a 250 SMX title open for Hunter and Cooper to battle some more. Right. That'll be really interesting and great to watch. LA Coliseum. Can't wait to go back there. 99 Summer Cross. Who can forget? Um, I want to wrap this up. Sorry, Weege, I'm hijacking the host show. So many riders to talk about. We've probably missed some. Some parents are going to be angry. I get it. So let's. here's a chance to try to make some parents happy and agents and everybody else. Oh, thanks. Go. Uh, mm -hmm. Sneaky good season. Sneaky good season. We can't pick one of the you know title guys or a moto winner. Sneaky good season. I'll go first. Weech touched on him earlier, but I don't think he touched on it hard enough. Working with Ryan Villapoto, Ryder D. Uh, he's going to be a gas gas next year. I liked what I saw from Ryder D last summer. Um, he did get a bit tired, right? But he's working with, with Villapoto. That should be improved. I've heard it's improved. I spoke to like an industry insider that was at um, Salt Lake that was kind of down on his chances of doing well. But I liked what I saw. I saw some come-ups from first-turn crashes. I saw some speed up front. Um, Ryder D, I think, will be a sneaky like 5 to 10 dude. We're talking Hymas. We're talking Deegan for good reasons. But watch for Ryder D. That's my pick. My sneaky guy who people aren't thinking enough about is Voland uh, because he just kept missing podiums. I don't think he's ever had one as a pro. Uh, I think he can be a podium guy quite a bit. And that, again, like I said earlier in the show, will seem surprising to most. To me, it's not that big a stretch. He was fourth and fifth-ish, sixth in points last year. Don't be surprised you see Voland on the podium a lot. I'm going to go with one, and, and I may look really stupid here because I'm pretty sure he's racing. And tell me if I'm wrong, but but Jesus. it's – Well, we haven't talked – Jordan Smith. Is Jordan Smith racing outdoors? He is racing outdoors, yes. Yeah, I mentioned okay, that's my guy. Yep. That's my guy. Really? I, I okay. Think Jordan Smith – well, I think for Sneaky because the speed mm -hmm. is undeniable. He was doing laps at Salt Lake City, and I thought it was Jesus reincarnated on a 250 in <laughs> qualifying practice. Uh, so – to me, there is a real opportunity for Jordan to have some breakout rides. Now, I also expect to see Jordan's Yamaha 250 flipping down the racetrack at times, too. That's what he does. But he also goes extremely fast. So a, a name nobody's really thinking about, but I think he could be a podium guy at several motos this year. All right. Yeah, it'll be good. It's been a long time since Jordan's raced outdoors, but we know those bikes are really good. Okay, that's our 250 show. Remember to watch JT and I on Peacock every weekend. Uh, Steve? I don't even know. Is there a media outlet? I know Maxis and Maxima, they back your, what? It, where could people see your stuff? Uh, Pulp MX show on Monday. Oh, okay. Truly an independent media. 
not bought and paid for. We will give you the straight facts on Monday nights and unlike the other two gentlemen on this Zoom call. I was given a Monster Energy Supercross number one plate for all my hard work in Supercross, as was JT. True broadcast professionals. Yes, thanks to Maxis and Maxima. Thanks to New Ray Toys, Fly Racing, and Monster Energy for backing our show. Be sure to subscribe to RacerX so you can read all the stories we put in the magazine. We put them on the website also. Go to racerxonline.com slash subscribe. And we'll see you at the races starting at Pala at the end of May.